Welcome to Dogs vs. All Y'all, a weekly college football podcast where we discuss not only my favorite team, the Georgia Bulldogs, but we talk all things college football, hence all y'all. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and look us up on Instagram at Suplex Dinner Club and Go Dogs. All right, and we're live, pal. How y'all living? How y'all feeling? Man, feeling great, man. Feeling great. Okay, okay, okay. All right, cool, cool. Shout out, shout out to JR, the legend. (laughs) (laughs) All right, listeners, this is a special one. This is a special episode. Welcome to Dogs vs. All Y'all, college football (laughs) podcast hosted by Adrian. You already know it's no BS coming from me. This wonderful podcast, we talk about not only the two-time, two-time, two-time defending national champion, Georgia Bulldogs, (laughs) but we talk about all things college football, hence all y'all. I am joined in this wonderful, what I'm going to go ahead and call our college football monthly roundtable, where I invite uh, some of my closest friends that are fans of all different teams. That's one cool thing about being a college football fan here in the South. All of us aren't fans of the same team. You know, we have different allegiances. We have different rivals. It's good, fun times. It's year round here in the South because what they say in the SEC, it means more, whatever propaganda that is. All right. So uh, I'm joined by two great guys that I've been fortunate to be able to talk shop with and, uh, you know, enjoy friendship. So introducing my guy first. Eric, he's representing. He's representing the obviously is the number one of Alabama. How you feeling, Eric? Feeling like a seventeen-time champion. If you're going to uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. we're doing good. We're doing good. We're a little nervous for the season coming up, but uh, you know, we we got to do what we got to do to get back to uh, Atlanta in December. So. Okay, I hear that. Now, before we move on to our next guest, Eric, I want to give you a question with your introduction. What is the biggest question mark going into the season for your team? I got two. Um, Okay. Quarterback, obviously, is the number one. Um, Still have no clue what we're going to do. Is it going to be Milrow, Simpson, Buckner, (laughs) some dude off of uh, sitting in row 308? Um, you know, at this point in time, it could literally be anybody. Um, the spring game showed me nothing, um, which honestly makes me nervous. I don't like the fact that I don't know what my quarterback situation is going into the season. Um, had that same issue with my pro team a couple years ago and I didn't Mm. like it then. I don't like it now. Um, but I think that's our major concern. Um, and then... Secondly, is probably going to be like, what is this defense under um, Coach, Kevin uh, Steele? Kevin Steele. Yeah, Kevin Steele. Coach Steele. Uh, he's, okay. he's so bland, I forgot his name. Um, <laughs> his defenses are usually awful, and I loved playing him when he was at Auburn. Um, so, yeah. And it doesn't help that we're having to replace, you know, 
the number two overall pick in the draft, Will Anderson and yeah. Ryan Branch and Byron Young and Toa Toa and Eli Ricks and right. I mean the list goes on and on. Like yeah, there's it's a, a lot ma- of it's a major core core pieces gone from last year's team. You know, it's it's never really a rebuild in college football, but it it it, it kind of feels rebuildish here for us. Um, mm. And and I hate using that term at Alabama over the last twenty years of success that we've had, but it, it's kind of feeling like a rebuild here, guys. Mm. Now, listeners, if you checked out last week's episode, um, I hit on damn near all those points for sure. You, did? you know, I I mentioned the quarterback situation, uh, the the coordinators. But also, just to give you some encouragement, Eric, I know I know you know this, but, you know, uh, Bama has recruit, out-recruited damn near everyone in college football for 20 years, basically. You know, this past year, they were the number one team. They were the number one ranked recruiting class. Now, all that amounts to squat until they get on the field, as Jimbo showed us. But yeah, Jimbo. The, potential, the potential is there. And... You know, I know I've seen Justice Haynes live and in color, and he's he's legit. So, you know, y'all got talent, and y'all gonna make it happen. All right, moving on to the next guest, the brother Glaze. How how you feeling? He's representing the Florida State Seminoles. Go no, there he is. He putting on. He putting on <laughs> for him. How you feeling, Richard? How, how's life going, man? You know, life going well. I tell you, you know, I got to do a quick shout out to you. You know. You know, you know, you know. yes, sir. Yes, going, sir. Going well, going well. Okay. All right. And I'm going to give you the same question, Richard. What is the biggest question mark going into the season for your Florida State Seminoles? Can we get past Clemson? It's okay. time. We haven't beat Clemson since 2014. Wow. It's been it, that long. Been that long. Wow. And it's been horrible now. And then we have to go out to Clemson. Yep. Can we beat Clemson? Can we get over the hump? Can we finally get back to our ACC championship? Can we finally get it done? That is, we have all the, the pieces. Uh, Destin Hill, he's come in. He's he's shown up to Florida State. We have a nice receiving core. Also got Keon Coleman out of Michigan State. Got a solid running back, Jordan Travis. We have him. We got all the pieces. A lot of p- talent coming back uh, on defense. Mike Norville. Hey, we just got it. The question is, can we defeat Clemson? I, I like that. I like that. And your team in particular, one of those teams, you've had these conversations. Uh, you guys got a lot of things ahead of you that, I mean, you got a good pathway. You know, it was a it was a good decade of dominance when it comes from Clemson. It was all foregone conclusion that Clemson was going to win the ACC and either make it to the playoff or damn near win the championship, but or it's not as easily predicted. And that's because teams like Florida State have been putting up, I mean, putting in effort to build, rebuild that program finally and yeah. get them back on track like how we all remember growing up because we're all in a similar age range and we do remember those Bobby Bowden days. And, hell, Jimbo won a championship there, so – we we've seen it, so I they're guess capable. Can, I guess we can claim Jimbo, not really. But. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anybody likes claiming Jimbo, to be honest, man. But he got y'all a natty, so you know. That's, Thanks, Jamin Winston. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. Shout shout out to Jamo. All right. So uh, let's talk about the first topic, gentlemen. The Heisman Trophy race for this upcoming season. So last year's winner, Caleb Williams, he balled out. Regular season, he balled out, that is. Uh, he accounted for uh, over 40 touchdowns. I want to say 47 off the top of my head. Counted for over 4,700 yards of offense. Basically, my man. Lose the FSU game one, but I want to say Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Okay. That's one of my okay. favorites, the quarterback out of LSU. I have actually two. Uh, Jaden Daniels out of LSU. Sam Hartman out of uh, Notre Dame. Okay. I, I think he might surprise people at Notre Dame. Um, I think, you know, it's been a while since Notre Dame really had a true solid quarterback. And I must say what well, he did. It, yeah. I'm actually shocked he transferred from Wake Forest. Yeah, he was as, cooking as a, in that offense. As a Seminole fan, I'm happy he transferred from Wake Forest. Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Very true. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what, what, who's your dark horse? Well, I'm going to go with Jordan Travis out of Florida State. Um, yes, I'm definitely, I think he has a great shot this year. He definitely does. He put up numbers, uh, last season. He, like you said, adding Keon Coleman to that offense, Jaheim Bell also as an option at tight end. You guys have added weapons around him. That can ball out, and you get what's what's my guy's name? The tall receiver is it Johnny Wilson? Oh, Johnny Wilson. Yeah, if you have him healthy this season, man, y'all y'all have weapons, and like we said before, you got a straight pathway to not only hopefully making it to the college football playoff, but I mean, hell, making a run to win it all. All you gotta do is win two games. That's it. That's what we need to do. That's the goal. I love All to right. see it. I'm with it. All right, so I'm going to give my answers, and then we're going to round back to Eric. So uh, my favorite for the Heisman is going to be Caleb Williams. Uh, it's one thing about Lincoln. Um, when he has a draft-eligible quarterback, he lets the dude get busy. He's going to utilize the hell out of that player, knowing that he's going to be in the NFL the next year. We saw it with Baker Mayfield. We saw it with Kyler Murray. We're going to see that with Caleb. It's, it's almost set in stone, in my opinion. Injury, pending an injury, major injury, Caleb's going to ball out on that team. I think he, I think he's going to have an amazing year, and he is definitely my favorite for the Heisman. Now, if we're talking about dark horses, now, Richard, your quarterback, was originally my dark horse pick for the Heisman Trophy. But since you went there, I'm going to pivot, and I'm going to say someone that we're going to all laugh at, but Bo Nix. <laughs> all right. I'm, hey. I'll, I'll say this. I, I'm, I, listen, man. Listen, I, man. He... Dog, let's pull up his stats from last year at Oregon. He balled out. He led an offense that averaged what in the mid forties. Yep. His off, even though his offensive coordinator left to go take take a head coaching job uh, at Arizona State, his new offensive coordinator was cooking with fish grease at uh, UTSA. 
Yeah. So I don't th- and based on what I saw in the spring game, he's added. They've added some more weapons. Uh, Tra- was Trayshawn Holden? Isn't he at Oregon? Yeah. Yep. And both throws that kid the ball often, and he has multiple weapons. So we we know in the Pac-12 defense defense ain't one of their specialties. So all. All that's all that means is that you're gonna have multiple quarterbacks in the Pac-12 just putting up video game numbers. Caleb being one of them, and in my opinion, Bo will be one of those other guys putting up video game numbers. Now we saw it last year after he played Georgia. From then on, they were averaging 50 points. They were lighting teams up. And also shout out to Michael Penix of uh, Washington. Absolutely, he's a really good pick too as in stats and all of that. So Bo is going to be my dark horse pick for the Heisman Trophy. Like I said, I already knew I was going to get some laughs out of y'all for that just because of our individual experiences uh, watching young Bo. But luckily for him, he doesn't have to play an SEC team. So <laughs> That's, that's so what I was thinking. They yeah, start out yeah. with Portland State, I believe. Yeah, so man. something like that. And then – my only two question mark: What do you do against um, Michael Penny at Washington in October and in Utah, and yeah. then the game against Caleb Williams? I think that's November. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If he gets through those, and, and yeah. that's another thing. That's another thing. At least I can say he has some big time national spotlight games because yeah. USC is going to be in high consideration. Everyone's going to be paying attention to what they're doing. If Oregon runs the table, then going into that uh, USC yeah. matchup, both of those teams undefeated, game day is going to be there. Oh yeah, we're going to be paying attention because it's going to be a eight eight o'clock kickoff. They're going to make sure it's not a late kickoff for that game. So all eyes are going to be on those teams. I I honestly think, and this is my unbiased opinion, uh, the Pac-12 is going to have the best quarterback play overall in the nation from top to bottom. You have multiple guys. I mean, hell, that kid that's a freshman that I think is going to wind up being the starter at UCLA, Dante Moore, that kid's different. That kid's a baller. So um, I think Pac-12 is going to have some really fun games, really interesting games, and um, Bo is going to be my dark horse pick. So – Let's go to Eric, man. Eric, who's your favorite, and who is your dark horse pick for the Heisman Trophy? So I'm, I'm glad we're all sticking quarterbacks here. Um, and I'm, it's, it's interesting that all three of us are going with a different quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got Drake May uh, from okay. North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Uh, the kid is phenomenal. I've enjoyed watching him play. Um, I know a lot of people don't really consider North Carolina football when they think of UNC sports, but you know they've got a they've got a solid little program going on up there. Um, it's I mean I don't expect them to contend for a national championship anytime soon, but I mean they've got a they've got a solid program going on up there. Um, I think May and Williams are probably the two best quarterbacks in the nation. Um, Definitely. Definitely. More than likely one two next year um, to a to quarterback meeting NFL teams. Um, I just like May's pedigree. I he's my favorite, but I, I kind of have to agree with you, Adrian. I, I do think uh, Caleb fits the two feet. Um, 
just because he is from USC. He's got all the national attention. Um, and like, like you just said, the world's going to be keyed in on USC this year. Um, Definitely. For a dark horse, I'm actually going to stay in the Pac-12. Um, Cameron Rising. Oh, oh nice. Oh, I like Cameron. I like I, Cam. I like, I like what Utah does. Um, yeah. Cameron shows poise uh, under pressure. Um, his drives are, have been magnificent the couple of games that I watched last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just I think he's got all the talent in the world that if he if Utah comes in and blazes the Pac-12, which isn't an improbability. Um, they bully everybody. They do. They, that's what makes them so different than every other team in the Pac-12. They literally they bully the hell out of everyone. Yeah, they they've play been, defense. And yeah. They run the ball. They've been playing that style of ball since they beat us in the, in the <clears throat> Sugar Bowl in 20, yeah. or 08. Um, that's been a yeah, lifetime no. ago. Damn, oh, I remember that. That is crazy. I, watched that, I, I remember watching that game, and I was just like, okay, cool. So we're no closer to competing now than we were three years ago. And then won a natty the next Little year. did you know, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I just I really like Cameron's game. I don't think that their offense is I don't think they lost much on offense um to the NFL. So it, that tight end that tight yeah, end was tight a, Dalton can can carry it. That was but a dude. I agree with you. I hope that I hope that Cam comes back uh healthy because Same. you remember uh I don't know exactly what injury it was. I want to say it was a torn ACL there at the mm. Rose Bowl. Forgot about that. that. Mm-hmm. Against uh, Penn State. So, I'm ho- I mean, we're definitely pulling for you, Cam, uh, here at Dogs versus All Y'all. You you definitely deserve to go out as a, as a baller like you've been giving up for uh, Utah. So, I like all y'all's picks, man, for sure. All right. So, let's move on to the transfer portal. Now, this is a topic that is very divisive in college football fandoms. On one end, you have uh, the traditionalists. That's what I like to put my quotation fingers up. Traditionalists who hate it, who say that this is the beginning of the end of the integrity of the game, right? But on the other end of fandoms, and I think both of you guys are on this end of it, uh, you're all for it. This is college football. This multi-million, this is a this is a billion-dollar industry. These kids should have the right to be able to say, "Hey, this situation is not for me. I was uh, told or promised something that didn't come to uh, fruition, so I need to hit the road." So, and I'm a little bit on the middle. I think that. Um, I think I'm all for player empowerment. I'm all for them being able to um, if if you get a scholarship at a smaller school and you ball out and one of these big time coaches comes calling and saying, hey, we can use you. Hell, yeah, you should have the opportunity to be able to do that. Yes. But I also think that it's it's in need of a little regulation, per se, because I'm a little concern it's it's very few and far i would say but it's been a few cases where a kid is just jumping schools just jumping schools and not really meeting that kind of adversity that you would think that you want 
to help build like part of football, at least. And this is me. I guess this is me, my old man speech or whatever. But part of football, it taught us adversity, like everything isn't going to be easy. Sometimes you're going to walk into a situation where you're not you're not the top person and it's time for you to work and and uh, persevere. And I kind of think it's sometimes and not every case. I'm not going to say that for every one of these kids, but some of these kids um, would do a lot better uh, by fighting. And I'll use the example of somebody like Stetson. Stetson. Nobody wanted him. I didn't want him as my quarterback. The coaches didn't want him as a quarterback. And even though, yes, he initially transferred to a junior college so he could play, but we got to take into account that Justin Fields was coming to University of Georgia. He wasn't going to see the field knowing that Justin Fields was coming, you know? So when he was brought back to Georgia, he was still told, like, yo, you're whatever, you're here, cool, that sort of thing. And he was buried in the depth chart. But he kept competing, kept fighting. He had confidence in himself. And he turned it around and turned that into two national championships. So I meant hell, including one. Thank you, Eric. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) No, but that's, that's an example of you know, somebody persevering. And then also I have issues with how it's ultimately um, affecting high school recruiting. Unless you're like one of the big name kids, like these kids that aren't getting the attention, the guys that would normally get a last second shot at a Georgia or something like that. Now these schools, these bigger programs, especially they're like, why would we take a risk on this kid when we know what this guy who's been a three-year starter elsewhere, what he brings to the table, let's go ahead and snatch him versus us investing. So I'm a little, I'm a little on both ends of this on the field, but let's start with you, Eric. What are your thoughts on the uh, transfer portal? Are you a fan of it? And, you know, basically, are you a fan of it? Yes. I am a fan of it, but also I do agree that it probably does need some regulations because also it's the same way with NCAA basketball. I know we're not a basketball pod, but, you know, there's guys that are transferring here for year one, here for year two, here for year three. Like, where, where are you actually committing to go to college? You're not. You're just committing to play or you're committing to a college for a four year or four month, you know, it's like AAU. Yeah. It's like AAU exactly. basketball, yeah. you know? Um, granted, you know, I do love the transfer portal because it gave us people like Jameer Gibbs, uh, Jamison Williams, you know, the guys that were buried on the depth charts that had first-round potential, according to Detroit with Jameer. But mm-hmm. that's, a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but I like the fact that it gives kids the opportunity to go to another school like like a San, let's just San Diego State University or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, kid goes, he balls out, somebody like a Saban or a Kirby, um, look at him and go, hey, you know, he could benefit us. Why not give him a shot? Mm-hmm. And at, at the end of the day, that improves that kid's draft stock, improves that kid's pocket. And at the end of For the sure. day, 
that's what it's all about. Like the love of the game and how much money we gonna make. Um, and um, also, I see the benefits of the adversity, like you were talking about. Um, you know, you brought up Stetson winning a, a natty um, after persevering and beating Bama, but you know, on the reverse, Jalen uh, coming in in the SEC championship game at eighteen, replacing Tua, getting us to the national championship. Tua coming in in the national championship on second and twenty six, and you know, dropping right. that bomb to Devontae Smith. Um, you know, I still have nightmares about that. It's okay. I still have nightmares about that interception from Bryce. So it's okay. We're, we're even now. Uh, right. <laughs> but no, I, I get the I get the point of persevering because honestly, if we just transfer everywhere, it's like a job. Like if if I sit at my job for three months and then I'm like, all right, cool. I'm not getting fulfilled. Let me go to this place, work for a couple months. It's like, okay, well, this is stupid and transfer here. And then mm. transfer. At, at the end of the day, your resume is showing that you can't commit. So if something comes along that you are in love with and they look at your resume and it's like, bro, you've had 46 jobs in the last two years. No, right. I don't Something's care. up. Yeah. yeah. Like what is, you have zero commitment. Why do I want to hire you? I feel like it's not that bad yet, but if you get a five-star freshman that comes in, gets no playing time that he was promised, goes and is like, okay, cool, let me transfer out, goes to, let's say, Colorado, mm-hmm. gets no playing time. All right, cool, well, I'll go to USC, gets no playing time, and then it's a senior year, and he's like, well, crap, I haven't done anything. Nobody wants me anymore, so, well, I guess football's done. Let me see right. what the XFL will offer. I mean, um, to me, there, there there does need to be some regulations, but I think the transfer portal essentially is NFL free agency. Um, yeah. yeah. But, you know, just like in free agency, you have to sign a contract. I feel like if, if you if you transfer, you should have to, hey, okay, I'm committing at least two years to this college. Um, right. And we'll go from there after that two years, whether or not it's a graduation, um, declaring for the draft or – Hey, this just what didn't work out. Let me go somewhere for my senior year. Those are good points, man. True. Richard, what do you think, man? Well, you know, it has benefited Florida State. I, <laughs> Makai <laughs> Pittman, Johnny Wilson, now Keon Coleman. I go back to LSU getting Joe Burrow. So very beneficial. Justin Fields, Auburn, I, I'm still, Cam Newton. Cam Newton, still shocked that Justin Fields didn't play at Georgia. Yeah. I'm even more hurt that he was. It was between Georgia and Florida State for him, but that's beside the point. But um, <laughs> still a little salty about that. But um, definitely, I, I like it. Um, I say coaches all the time. They go to other schools. You know, they say, "Okay, well, I'm done." That's a you very know. good point. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. Um, now regulations. Yes, gotta have regulations because mm-hmm. commitment on any sports team is highly important. Now, what I would do, maybe do like a three strikes rule, like you can go transfer no more than three times. Mm. Three strikes, that's it. Because, I mean, you have different playbooks, you have different vibes in locker rooms, so you transferring here, 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 that's going to put you further and further behind. Now, I can see you transfer, okay, a second time, you know, one time or one or two times. I get it. But mm. after three, four, five, again, you have to get that chemistry with your teammates, you have to know your playbook. That I mean, by that time, you, you're wasting a lot of time. 
Right. And I mean, you know, and, and true enough, you know, I know they may not like to hear this, but you're a student athlete. I'm not saying that football is not important, too, but you're a student athlete and education do right. come first. So you just transfer it out. And of course, everybody's dream to go to the NFL. I totally understand. Right. But, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to show some type of commitment to a football program, to your education. So That's transferring true. five, six, seven times, I don't recommend it. So I, I, I would put a restriction uh, no more than three times. That's just my opinion. Yeah, that's see that that that's reasonable. That makes sense. And like you said, you brought up a great point. Like they're they are student athletes. So student before athlete, that sort of thing. All right. So my next question, I'm going to go to you, Richard, with this new era of transfer portal guys going left and right, which way you got a lot of these teams that are building an entire different roster. And we're going to talk about one team in particular about this. But um, I think the best example of a team just being built overnight, and we've seen them in action, is USC, the USC Trojans. Um, they were essentially one game from being in the college football playoff and having an opportunity <laughs> Two. They yes, they definitely choked against it, Utah. Yeah. Uh, but they were they were a they they had a shot at making that playoff. A couple years back, Michigan State. They had a really good team and um they they were very close to making that playoff. I don't know how far they would go, but you know, as long as you're in a playoff, that's two games from when it being a national champion. So my question to you, I bring that to my question. My question to you, Richard, how soon will we see one of these transfer portal king schools make it to the playoff and win a national championship? And even more so, which team do you predict will be the transfer portal king to hoist the trophy at the end of the year? I'm going to go with my Florida State Seminoles. Okay. I've got to give Mike Norville credit. He turned around Florida State last year. We got 10 wins, and the transfer portal, it really benefited Florida State. I I can't quite go with USC. I, I think, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Trojan fans. I think you all going to find a way to choke again. And I actually, I actually... <laughs> Oregon and Utah, I don't see them beating either one of them this year. Maybe not mm. even Washington. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna be back on. Like I said, we're going we're we're gonna do this monthly, and we're gonna have predictions and all that. So I'm gonna definitely definitely take you on that bet. But yeah. I like that. And please I continue. Florida State. Oh no, it's no problem. I think Florida State. This this year is really going to decide a lot. Everybody came back. We had, felt like we had unfinished business. The transfer portal has been beneficial. A lot of people come back. This is supposed to be our year. So mm. that's why I, I say again, are we going to get past Clemson? But my, main thing, are we, gonna, we need to beat LSU. Game number one. Now, LSU last year, personally, I don't think the game should have came down to what it did. But I took, I'll take the win nonetheless. Definitely. But, um, 
you know, LSU now, Jaden Daniels and, you know, Brian Kelly, they, everybody had the chemistry. So I think this year it's really going to depend on that LSU game. That's going to set the tempo for the season for the Florida State Seminoles. But I do think Florida State squeaked by, but it's going to be a lot of a, a tougher game this year go around. I feel that. I feel that. So Richard's pick uh, for the next transfer portal king to win a national championship is going to be Florida State. And I'm assuming very soon based on absolutely what you told us. Okay, Eric, who is your pick? Man, you know what? He might have just convinced me of Florida State. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, I mean, you know, it's just there's not a lot of top tier teams trying to build through the portal currently mm-hmm. outside of like, you know, a piece here, a piece there. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the most telling one, like you said, is USC, Florida State. And I guess we'll see what happens at Colorado. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I really, I really don't know, because I don't think that they can win the national championship building strictly through a portal. Yeah. That's you have to have that mix of recruits plus using your tools, um, and just so you're, just so you have my opinion, Richard. I think y'all get by Clemson. Because Davo clearly has no clue what he's doing as a coach anymore. Because, you know, he's relying on God to do it all. But <laughs> God, God, God don't care about football. <laughs> uh, he, he ain't playing the downs. Uh, so, right. you know, and, and for whatever reason, Davo thinks that the, 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 the portal is whatever he thinks it is. Uh, right. He is he has lost his luster as a coach to me. So yeah, uh, definitely. definitely. There was a time where I thought he was Saban's right hand man and waiting after Nick retired. And I would have killed to have Dabo and won't touch him with a 10 foot pole, man. Nope. No. Can have him. They can play with that rock. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So my, my opinion, um, when it comes to a team actually building their roster, mainly through the transfer portal and hopefully making the playoff and winning the national championship. I think we're going to get a transfer portal team in the playoff. Uh, USC is probably my pick, to be honest. Um, This is going to be a very talented team. And depending on the rest of the teams in the Pac-12, their pathway is a lot cleaner. Now, the question is, like we've all said, can they get past Utah? Utah has I mean, it's grown to be a tradition for Utah to bully every team in the Pac-12. So the question is, can you bring in enough players from the transfer portal, being a uh, USC, to not get bullied? So that's that's probably my pick to be one of the uh, teams to actually do it. Do I think that they do it this year? I don't think so. I think maybe in another year, even though they've been very aggressive about adding to that horrible defense that they had, they put on display last year. Though that coordinator, he should hit the portal if anybody. So, <laughs> um, all right. So speaking of uh, transfer portal and teams that are, have been very, very aggressive about um, flipping over their roster. You know, we got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. We got to talk about it. Coach Prime in Colorado. 
Now, we're speaking of divisive subject matter in the college football fandom. You get so many really crappy takes on Coach Prime. Um, it's it's almost insane. Like, if you go on their message boards or if you follow them on Facebook, it's just, it's just chaos there whenever Deion Sanders or Coach Sanders is mentioned. Um, when we're talking about Colorado, you know, he, he said it up front. He, he told us all he was fully transparent. Um, I'm bringing, I, I'm bringing my own bags and they're Louie at, <laughs> at the, as soon as we heard that we knew what time it was that exactly that one in 11 Colorado team. They're not there anymore. No, no. <laughs> we I will admit I didn't think he was going to be as aggressive because it's something that that's unprecedented that we've seen 70 players leave that program. 51 of them were scholarship players. And he's a I want to say the latest number is he's brought on 48 players from the transfer portal. So that's 48 different kids from a different area. Um it's a completely different team. You can't even you can't even watch tape of Colorado last year and say, "Hey, this is a that's the team that Coach Sanders is coming out as of, with his opener against TCU." That's not going to be the same team. And you can argue that the team that we saw in the spring game will not be the same team. I think in a no, press conference not. he said himself, he was like, "The team that y'all saw tonight, that's not going to be the same team that I have." first week against TCU. So I say all that, Eric, like what are your thoughts on coach Sanders? I think all of us of the panel are fans of coach prime and we, oh, yeah. we definitely want him to do great because he's, he's a, like a hero to all of us, you know? So Eric, what are, what are your thoughts, man, on coach prime? And let's, let's go from there. I love me some coach prime. Um, the takes on, is um, <laughs> for the few listeners that might watch pro wrestling might get this uh, this jab. It's like listening to Dave Meltzer. Um, <laughs> it's it's a biased take and it's a stupid take nine times out of ten. So yeah, um, I could care less what nine times out of ten is making stupid comments about Prime. Definitely. Um, I like the higher. Colorado blew it open when they hired Coach Prime, honestly. Because um, mm -hmm. you never know what you're going to get. And that's what I love. Like, are you going to get Deion Sanders? Are you going to get Coach Prime? Are you going to get Neon Deion? Are you going to get Prime mm -hmm. Time? Like, mm -hmm. what what's going on in Colorado? Um, I love it. And the backlash that he gets, I think, is a little unwarranted because a lot of the coaches in, in college football are – Boring. Mm. They're boring. Um, they're, they're traditionalists. They want to go about the routes that the way that they did in the 50s and 60s and 70s because that's traditionally how we coach. We don't want to break the mold. Right. Um, and Dion's going to break the mold. Like yep. 42 oh, he's, players. He's broken in. it and thrown it. Yeah. He's thrown it across the street, man. That, that mold and is he's gone. He's intercept it and bring <laughs> right. it back and then throw it away again. <laughs> right. um, 42 players transferred in. 
I still don't know the exact number that he's transferred out, mm-hmm. but it, it, if you're getting 60 or 70 players transferring out of a 1-11 team, bye. Yeah, that's, bye. A fact. that's a fact. They're all, I mean, obviously you didn't want to put in the work to try to be a decent squad, so hey, I don't want a loser on my team. Yeah, I feel that. I, I'm with Prime. If you, if you don't want to put in the work, if you don't want to quote-unquote earn your number, hey, Portal's there for you, bud. Go find somewhere else that you can have cupcakes. I feel and that. They'll treat you like a. They'll treat you like the little five star you are, buddy, and pat you on the butt <laughs> and, and tell you to have a good game. And but Coach Prime ain't about that, and yeah. that's what I absolutely love about it. Like I don't. I like a no nonsense coach. I like a guy that's going to be tough, but is also going to, you know, build his players up. And that's exactly what Coach Prime has done. And, I mean, yeah, he brought his Louis Vags with him. You know, he brought the last two number one overall recruits that went to Jackson State. Yeah. Let, let yeah. me rephrase that. The last two number one overall recruits. Right. Not number one for, for Division two schools. Not number one on some random site. Right These out. were guys that were being looked at by Georgia, Bama, Florida, Florida, Florida State, State, Ohio yeah. State, mm-hmm. USC. Like all of these big time programs were looking at him and they said, nah, I'm going to go with Coach Prime at Jackson State. I mean, if, if he's got if he's got kids doing that, what's he going to do at Colorado? Right. And That's I think true. that scares a lot of people. Bigger budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. way bigger budget, bigger NIL numbers, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff he can do up there. And he's like I said, he's outspoken. People don't like outspoken men. That's true. Yeah. So, that's true. I, and I think I think it's got a, a, some of these coaches and obviously a lot of these fans in their bags being nervous. That's good. a good point, man. That's a very good point. Which college br- football on its head. I love it. Hey, Amen. Well, uh, Richard, man, what are your thoughts, man? Oh man, I am a huge fan of Deion Sanders. Uh, one, the main thing I like, he's very straightforward. Um, when he came to Colorado, he told the guy the truth. Hey, you, I think one of the guy he told him, you're 300 pounds, you're this, 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 and this, but you're not going to be playing here at Colorado. You'll be successful hmm. somewhere else. That, you need that. I mean, he's straightforward. I, I would rather hear the truth than just somebody who's going to pretend, like, oh, you'll get playing time, and he done wasted your time. Then, you know, he, he tell you right away, hey, hit the transfer portal. That's straightforward. Right. I respect Dion. I wish him the absolute best. Um, that Definitely. TCU game, the first game, don't be surprised. Colorado find a way to win. Okay, Travis Hunter, yes, real deal. He a baller, yes, man. He's a baller. Um, He's a baller. That that's gonna decide a lot. I think that game's gonna be closer than what people think. Uh, mm. Dion Sanders, I'm I'm all forward for it. Uh, like Eric said, a bigger budget, bigger NIL opportunities. I give Colorado two, three years, maybe two years, and there's going to be a huge threat out there. Okay. I know folks don't want to hear it, and I'll admit, some of my fellow Florida State fans, oh, he's taking all our players. No, you know, that's not true. Well, I I remember wanting him um, after Jimbo abandoned us, and he was on the top of my list. but. Hey, I was laughed at by some Florida State fans, funny enough, but that's of course, okay. Of course. Um, 
But Dion, he's gonna make waves. People like like Eric said, people don't like outspoken people. But hey, sometimes outspoken people are is very, they're needed. And Dion, oh man, I, I I cannot wait. Now, that's gonna be one of the games I watch since Florida State don't play the Sunday, so I'll probably watch that right, on right. Saturday. True, true. <laughs> See, I I like I love Coach Prime because he's a disruptor. Like I love disruptors. Like it's something about like just shaking up the whole aspect or the thought process of everyone and hell you may you may uh reach high success or you may you may shit the bed but at least at least you just shook up the room so hard you shook the tree so hard that something came out of it something came out of it so this is like a huge experiment to be able to flip your roster at the rate that Coach Prime has done, to bring in the kind of coaches that he has brought into that program, I think that's one of those underrated uh, moves on his part. I know everyone, uh, I know everyone's divisive about some of some of the methods and the earn your number thing, the gimmick of earning your it. number, yeah, and being it. on social media and all this. But he's shaking up. He's making noise there in Boulder. Boulder hasn't been relevant in 30 years, three decades. Yep. So to not even think that that school's all in on Coach Prime, look at that spring game attendance. Man, that was amazing. It was amazing. And for them to already say they're they're sold out for season tickets Crazy. for the upcoming season. like you For a 1-11 you know, team. Off of a 1-11 team. So – He's already making noise. He's already made an impact. We're going to see what that translates as in wins. So speaking of wins, Eric, I want to know quickly, how many wins is Coach Sanders in Colorado pulling out this year? I got nine wins, three losses. Nine wins. Cool. Richard, I'm how many wins? I'm going to say this. If he got two wins, that's better than last year. But I know <laughs> my prediction, I give him seven wins. He goes seven and five. Seven that's my wins. prediction. Seven okay. wins. All right. So, again, dogs versus all y'all, we're definitely fans of Coach Prime and uh, the Colorado Buffs. I hope those guys ball out. I want to see oh, yeah. Travis Hunter and Shador just do their thing and i'm really excited about the prospects on that team but i'm going to say i'm gonna be honest with y'all because again it's no bs coming from me i got colorado at five wins i got five wins and the reason why not because uh they're not going to be talented they're way more talented than what they were last year and like you said richard two wins is that's two times the amount of wins that you got the year before (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, the only reason why I'm going to say five wins is that Pac-12, that conference, the Pac-12 conference, is actually going to be pretty competitive this year. Yes, it is. And you're talking about games. You're you're talking about Caleb Williams and USC coming to town. Your your opener. You're going against the team that made it to the national championship. Yep. We're not going to talk about what happened in that national championship, but they, yeah. they, it was over. they made it there. They it was made over it after there. the first commercial break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and that team in particular, TCU, they've been active in the transfer portal and they've yep. added some like low key, 
valuable pieces. So I'm really interested to see what kind of team they have. But back to Pac-12, Colorado has a tough road ahead. And, I mean, it says a lot. Like, I haven't seen a team be able to put it together in, what, three months. Basically three months of them working together. That's that's a lot. That's a tall task. It is. So, I mean, I – I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. I think it's going to be five wins, but I'm hoping that he proves me wrong. I want to eat crow when we're talking about Colorado because I'm we're all pulling for you, Coach Prime. I'm definitely pulling for you, but my money's at five wins. All right? Most so, of those big games, too, are also on the road outside of USC. Yeah, that's what I'm go saying. Go to the Zoo out in Oregon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got to go to UCLA. Test. It's a tough and task. To- Utah. Got, got to go to Utah. Washington State won't be easy either. Heck That's no, fair, they not. Yeah. Listeners, listeners down below, I want you to comment. How many wins is Coach Prime and Colorado going to tally? Let us know. Do you think they're going to be bowl eligible? Do you think it's going to be two wins? Let us know in the comments down below. Let us know. All right, fellas. We, we just completed the first – First, uh, <laughs> college football roundtable. First college football roundtable of dogs versus all y'all. How do you how do you feel? Oh man, I've enjoyed this. I will be back. Okay. Yes, all right. Cool. Cool. You no, know, I love talking about some college football, even yes, if it's sir. Alabama. So. Yeah, yeah. Good we're gonna sport. we're gonna talk about all y'all. That's what we're gonna do here on this pod. So, Eric, let the people know where can they find you. If you want to put your uh, social media out, put it out. If not, just say, hey, check me out on this pod, you know, that sort of thing. Uh, y'all can find me most Saturdays sitting on my couch watching uh, college football. <laughs> Amen. Um, on Sundays, you can find me watching the NFL. Okay. Um, but all the other times, especially if you want some hot takes on uh, the NBA playoffs right now, because my Twitter has been uh, less than happy over the last few days. Yeah, um, yeah. You can hit me up at uh, EJ423X. Uh, we talk wrestling. We talk uh, sports. Okay. All right. I get I get sad uh, sad boy lyrics sometimes, uh, <laughs> but but other than that, I'm just I'm just here to talk sports and Amen. Uh, kick yeah, it. I'm I'm glad that you came, man. I'm glad that you were were a guest on the podcast, Richard. Man, where can the people find you and your unbiased opinion? <laughs> well. <laughs> Hey, you can catch me on my page on Facebook. Add me on Facebook. Hey, come Unbiased Sports Center. We try to have a good time on that show. Um, hey, you know how to find me? Add me on Facebook. You know, just hit the uh, friend request yes, button, and hey, I'll accept. And yes, to definitely tune in. And I'm definitely going to be back here. Dolls versus oh, yeah. all y'all. Love it. Yeah, we're we going to have fun, man. We're definitely going to have fun. Listeners, thank you again for checking us out. Uh, Once again, this is Dogs versus All Y'all, a college football podcast where we don't just talk about the Georgia Bulldogs. We talk about all things college football, hence all y'all. If if you haven't already, follow us at Suplex Dinner Club on Instagram and YouTube. That is home of not just Dogs versus All Y'all. But the Life in Times podcast, which is a conversation podcast uh, where I have uh, random talks with other people who've worked in the hospitality industry. We talk about anything and everything. And uh, Richard, have you ever worked in a restaurant? 
I actually worked at uh, Victory Land. I worked in oh, the kitchen. Oh, did you work? I think oh, yeah. I think all of us have worked at Victory Land one one way or the yeah. other. Okay, yeah. so I mean, both of you guys are eligible. So hopefully, we see you on that podcast. Like I said, it's just a conversation podcast where we just go anywhere and everywhere. But the common bond is that we have all worked in the hospitality industry. So we drop that on Wednesdays. Guys, uh, check that out on all podcast platforms. And then, of course, I have to mention on Thursdays, we drop uh, We're All Marks Anyways, the podcast. It's a pro wrestling podcast mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where we try to talk about wrestling, hip-hop, life, anything and everything. Um, I am one-fourth of the All Marks Pod crew. So holler at us, uh, follow us at Suplex Dinner Club, and y'all have a wonderful week. We will see you next week for our traditional audio form podcast. And then a month from now, we're going to have fun again on the uh, round table where we're going to talk about some other hot topics. And um, hopefully once it's kickoff time, we get some predictions in, we keep track of those predictions. That way we can uh, pretty much see who really knows what's going on in this great sport that we love. All right. So uh, once again, thank you all again for checking us out. Please like, comment, subscribe on your way out. And of course, share this with other college football fans because we're trying to grow a community with Suplex Dinner Club putting in work and we want you to be a part of it. So, fellas, thank you all again for joining us. Um, I will see you all soon. And listeners, have a great week, man. Be safe out there. Peace.